radiation in 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 the medical field is just oh it is such a major uh technology that we've gotten into it is it is amazing how many lives have been saved um, from radiation the rational view is a weekly series hosted by me dr alan scott providing a rational evidence-based perspective on important societal issues. Produced by Soapbox Media. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Rational View. I'm your host, Dr. Al Scott. This episode, I'm going to try something new. It's actually a re-release of an earlier episode that was originally in two parts, uh, released uh, two years ago in October of 2020. In this episode, I will be interviewing DJ LeClear, otherwise known as the Rad Guy. Uh, DJ has got a, a really cool YouTube page where he does educational videos on nuclear energy and radiation effects. Uh, he's really knowledgeable. Uh, this interview took place before he had his characteristic handlebar mustache. Uh, so I urge you to go look at it on my YouTube page. Uh, if you're not aware of that, uh, I will be releasing the video version of this interview as well. So I hope you enjoy my earlier recorded interview with DJ LeClear, the Rad Guy. DJ LeClear, welcome to The Rational View. Well, thank you for having me. So what was your career path and how did you become uh, a radiation safety expert? Well. Um, it all started out uh, when I was in the Navy in their, their nuclear program um, as an engineering laboratory technician doing uh, radiological controls, steam plant chemistry, uh, radiochemistry. And uh, that was definitely the beginning of my uh, interest in radiation um, and, and nuclear power as well, um, being an operator in their plants. And uh, once I got out, Definitely still had a major interest in it. So then um, I actually uh, worked on analytical x-ray equipment for a while, um, which is definitely, it's it's very radiation uh, related, but I was doing a lot of other uh, mechanical stuff, electronics stuff, um, still some more water uh, uh, flow and, and heat removal. Um, but I, I eventually I, I finished while I was working my uh, nuclear engineering technology degree um, and definitely kept up my, my interest in, in nuclear. And uh, eventually I started working uh, as a nuclear engineer for um, the state of Wisconsin. And uh, definitely it, it was interesting because I, I thought I knew a lot when I was in uh, the Navy, um, getting out of the Navy and learning everything they taught me. And then I, I got into the kind of the, uh, the real world of, of radiation and really just broadened, uh, wow. my knowledge, uh, once I got out and realized I really didn't know as much as I thought I did. Um, but, uh, definitely, uh, made me even more interested, I think, in radiation uh, broadening my uh, knowledge on it. And so I eventually decided that I would get my master's uh, in health physics. Health physics. Uh, yep. Uh, and I have okay. a, my health physics uh, master's that I'm currently working on is uh, at Illinois Institute of Technology, and it's specifically focused on uh, emergency preparedness um, and radiological security. Because um, okay. that's kind of what I do right now with my current uh, position. And I could explain what that all is if you want me to. Well, well let, let's uh, just I, back up a, a second and maybe yeah. um, start a little more basic. Could you give our listeners yeah. maybe a brief intro into what is radiation and where it comes from? Absolutely. So radiation, I mean, it comes in two different physical forms. Really, so you got your radiation that's uh, electromagnetic radiation, uh, something I think 
we're all actually more familiar with than than a lot of people think, and that's uh, basically light. That light is radiation, and light is just a specific uh, energy of radiation, a specific wavelength. Uh, lower energy, that's kind of your infrared, and then your give your microwaves and your uh, other things that you use for for cell phones and radio. Um, those are the less than or less energetic than the light you can see. And then you start getting um, just beyond that energy level that you can see and you get into your ultraviolet uh, radiation. And at the high end of the ultraviolet spectrum um, is when you start getting to that point where uh, radiation has enough energy where it can start removing electrons um, from elements, and that's called ionizing radiation. Um, so you go beyond that and much uh, higher energy. Um, so you got your ultraviolet, your X-rays, gamma rays, and it just goes higher and higher energy. Um, so that's the kind of that. Typically, when people are are talking about radiation, they're talking about that higher energy ionizing radiation. Um, when it comes to electromagnetic radiation, and then there's that other physical manifestation of of radiation and its particle radiation and that right there is uh you have beta particles alpha particles neutrons protons there's a lot of different particles out there uh but basically it's just matter with energy and uh so your most basic one is kind of your your beta particle and that's uh it's exactly the same thing as an electron it's just that electrons um, not bound to a nucleus or ba- bound to an atom. Um, so it has energy and it can um, do similar uh, things as uh, your gamma or the, the electromagnetic radiation. So it can also ionize if it has enough energy. So, um, and then your alpha is a similar thing, just a lot heavier, um, a lot higher of a charge. So it's, uh, your alphas are able to uh, strip electrons even more readily, but uh, that's that's kind of very uh, basic. Uh, what is radiation? Uh, okay. And and where where does it come from? I mean, it's not just from nuclear power plants, right? There's, I mean, obviously the sun is giving us light, but I mean, mm-hmm. radiation is natural. We, we're experiencing it all the time, yeah. right? Yes, what sources do people encounter in their day-to-day? We're, we're surrounded by, by radiation. We live in a sea of radiation. And um, like every moment of your life, you have uh, just hundreds and thousands of particles passing through you uh, of radiation. And um, when you're talking about your natural sources of radiation that are ionizing specifically, um, the ones that uh we have are ones that come from uh space basically either coming from the sun or coming from outside of our solar system Uh, your cosmic radiation is what we call it um those are going to be your 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 gamma your high energy electromagnetic radiation as well as uh protons is actually a big one um proton uh radiation and then uh, th- that's a big part of it, but we're, we're protected a lot from our atmosphere. Um, so if you go beyond our atmosphere, your, your dose of radiation would go a lot higher. Um, and then other natural sources would be uh, just from the ground. Um, all around you, uh, there are radionuclides. Um, those are uh, specific elements that have a uh, radioactive component to them so they're they're kind of they're unstable and when they decay to a more stable form they release radiation both gamma and beta alpha radiation and that's going to be in uh, a, a common one is uh, your granite that has a, a lot of uh, uranium in it um and 
I think one thing that your viewers would, would, would be very familiar with is radon. And right. radon actually comes from uranium, which is in granite. Um, it's, it's one of the daughter products of uranium, um, which means basically uranium, it'll release an alpha particle, will turn into another element, which will release another particle and turn into another element. And eventually you'll get to radon, um, which is a gas, right? And it kind of fill, it can fill in, in, into your basements. Um, mm. So that's, that's another really common one. It just comes from the soil and all around us. Um, another big one is bananas. Those have potassium in it. And a percentage of that potassium is actually um, potassium-40, which is a, a radioactive um, version of potassium. And uh, so every time you eat a banana, you get a dose of radiation. Um, potatoes, that's another big one. A lot of okay. potassium in those. Potato chips are actually some of the most radioactive things that we eat because um, they, they have a lot of potassium <laughs> in them. Um, well. I mean, we'll, we'll definitely talk about that. It's definitely not something to be concerned about um, at well, all when it comes to the amount of radiation you're getting from those sources. One thing I, I read recently was that uh, you get a lot of radiation from, from smoking tobacco. Apparently, the, the big leaves of yep. the um, tobacco plants uh, <clears throat> absorb the radon gas and they kind of have like some hair on them and the, the radon gas get trapped in these leaves. Uh, and then we'll mm -hmm. get rolled up into cigarettes. Yep, yep. Uh, I remember, uh, I, I tried looking into this as well, but uh, one of the things they always taught us, in, in, they taught me through my time in, in the Navy nuclear power program was that uh, you got like one rem of dose per year for a heavy smoker or, fa or like fairly heavy smoker. And that's uh, about, three times what you would normally get um, nat from natural background sources okay. just from smoking alone. So you, you mm. would add three times as much more um, to it. But another thing that I know about from, from my background at least is, is from space, um, you, you know, you have the, uh, the magnetic fields around the earth protect the earth. But there's a lot of radiation mm -hmm. particles that circulate in these magnetic fields. And these are called the Van Allen belts. And if you go up yep. in an airplane and you go up above most of the atmosphere, you're less, you're much less protected from the space radiation. You get cosmic rays coming into you and you can get a significant dose mm -hmm. of radiation just in going on a transatlantic flight. Yep. Oh yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm actually well known to uh, pretty much every time I go fly, I bring a detector with me <laughs> and uh, definitely it's a big, big conversation starter. Uh, I remember uh, one long flight that I had. I talked for two hours straight uh, with the uh, the flight attendants. They they actually invited me to the back and we just had <laughs> real long conversation. It was it was awesome. But, nice, like, nice. Yeah, yeah. and oh, it's yeah. also one of the biggest risks of um, you know astronauts going to other other planets or the moon is the the, the space yeah. radiation dose that they can get is, is quite significant once you get outside the the radiation belts. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So what's interesting in, in the program that I'm doing, uh, space radiation is actually something that they're looking to add, I believe, to the program as a, a specialization track, because that's a that's a big uh, field that's that's they, they need people from uh, from health physics to, to get it into. So. So. Um, so that's good. Let's move on, maybe. And if you could. Describe the risks of radiation exposure from health standpoint. Yeah, this is this is definitely a, a subject. It, <laughs> it takes a lot of discussion, um, but I guess the the big thing is in, in our normal lives. Even though we do live in a, a sea of radiation, uh, radiation really is uh, the least of our concerns, um, especially when you're talking about all the other risks that we deal with in our, in our normal, um, day or daily life, basically like risks of driving, uh, risks of uh, taking a shower. Like there's, there's so many, so many other things that we really need to worry about that radiation. Uh, it actually, it sounds 
way scarier than it than it really is. And that's because radiation is uh, a pretty weak uh, carcinogen. Um, I know that that might not mean too much, but basically you have to have a lot of it for one thing, a large dose of it to even be able to get a measurable increase in your uh, health risks. Um, they, 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 they've seen this in epi- epidemiological studies, basically. And uh, you have to have a fairly high dose. <sighs> trying to think of how many times higher than background. Is it? Let's see. Well, it's significantly higher than background uh, in order to actually have uh, increase in health effects. But even if you did get to that point where you can measure it, uh, it's still not a dramatic increase in your risks. Mm. Um, there's a lot of other things that we deal with that do have a much higher risk that, that we really should be dealing with. Um, but even the, the, that level that I, that I mentioned that uh, we have measurable evidence for risk, um, there's not that many cases where that happens if that makes any sense. Um, now, now what you're saying, um, yeah. I understand what you're saying, but I've also heard it said and a lot of the regulations that I see about safe doses are based on uh, the fact that there's no safe dose of radiation. Um, and, you know, people say that any radiation can cause cancer. So that, that kind of goes into how we regulate um, when it comes to, it, it's way simpler to basically take those those risks that we've measured before at those high levels of radiation and extrapolate all the way down to zero, basically. It makes it a lot simpler to do your regulation. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, we don't have any evidence um, for it at those really low levels. We can measure... Uh, a possible hypothetical risk, um, but and 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 it's quite possible that that risk is even there, but it's so uh, small that it's negligible. Um, I, does that does that make sense? Um, yeah, yeah. Um, ba- basically, I, I understand the extrapolating like linear extrapolation, yeah. and I've heard the mm-hmm. term linear no threshold. Uh, being bandied about on the internet for describing the prediction of these low um, dose effects of mm-hmm. of, can- of mm-hmm. radiation exposure uh, for cancer, for example. Yeah, and so there's a lot of things that go on uh, to your cells when it comes to or when they receive a radiation dose that we've just learned in the last uh, 20 or so years, like well, a little, maybe a little more than that, uh, 80s and 90s, we've learned so much and in, in, into this uh, century. And we know that uh, when you get down to really low doses, things do uh, change and how your body kind of responds to those lower doses. And uh, honestly, it leaves a lot more questions than than it answers when you start learning about the, these things. Um, I could start getting into the very specifics, but it's really, it, it's quite technical. Um, but uh, I, I always kind of ascribe to the fact that um, the, the, the risks are so low that um, it's, it's, it shouldn't be of a concern um, to us. I mean, there's a risk of oxygen, you know, there's a risk of, of drinking water, there's there's risks to all sorts of things um, that uh, so all, all are these things necessary. All these things are, are things that can create mutations in your DNA that then can lead to cancer. Is that what you're describing? Maybe not water, but uh, oxygen <laughs> can. Yes. Um, so there, the the other things that we we deal with in this a normal everyday. Uh, or in our normal everyday lives comes with cancer risk. Like every, oh, like not everything, but a lot of things that are good for your health 
uh, are, are carcinogenic, you know, if, especially if you have too much of it and then you start seeing, like the, I said, those measurable increases of your, um, your risk, uh, alcohol is a big one, huge one, actually. Uh, that's, that's very carcinogenic, but we, we drink that in excess, um, and with, with no worry. Yes, but. we do. <laughs> <laughs> the um the one thing the one uh, analogy i like to use is that you know radiation is the same as is is getting a sunburn effectively it's mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. basically the same effect and the same sort of mechanism for for having the potential to get cancer and people go out and sit in the sun all the time yep yep and i you should you or not all the time but you should get sun exposure uh, because uh, because of the health benefits that you're getting uh, from both being outside um, and the vitamin D and everything. So we know that uh, we need it um, and that not having it um, is a health risk in, its, in itself. Um, but if it, it is carcinogenic in, in the exact same manner that uh, radiation is. Um, in fact, because it's your um, ultraviolet, not your infrared, your ultraviolet uh, radiation, and it's it's do, it's using that same mechanism um, on your cells, and uh, this exact same thing as getting radiation, and that's a big thing when I'm when I'm talking about risks is, right? Well, you do go outside, right, and you do expose yourself to the sun. You you, you expose yourself to uh, uh, ultraviolet radiation that's basically uh, causing the same effects. Is ionizing radiation um, specifically to your skin? You're getting a dose. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, and you wouldn't purposely 100% avoid that. You would not want to. In fact, I, I've also heard people arguing that some low doses of radiation are actually good for the body. I've, I've there was an article where people were using radiation. Mm-hmm. Uh, of x-rays to to mitigate pneumonia from covid for example people are getting a chest x-ray and it actually helped the body to recover from covid yeah radiation uh in the medical field uh like you said for that that covid uh the covid-19 treatment where it's a dose to the lungs um that's i mean that's big like you could actually save people's lives that way and that's 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 just the uh barely scratching the surface when it comes to uh how much radiation is used um for cancer treatment uh diagnosis um I mean, those are the two big ones. Your your diagnosis is your cancer treatment. You there are so many lives that are saved uh, due to radiation. So um, how, and we know. Yeah, go ahead. How does the the radiation help you? Because I thought you know radiation basically just kills cells. It's so cool the things we can do. Um, like this this excites me. This talking about this where we can we can develop these isotopes and nuclear reactors. And we can we can alter their chemistry and uh, inject them or have have somebody ingest these radionuclides that has cancer. Um, for example, this is, this is just an example here, and that chemistry of it can can make it to where it binds uh, to specifically where that cancer is and kills the cancer. So you're right; it does kill, but it kills the cancer cells, um, and we've gotten so much better and better at it that we're, we're able to uh, make it specifically target uh, where that cancer is located with a pretty heavy dose of radiation. Um, and that, that's, that's a, a really major thing that they do um, at uh, medical facilities uh, when it, when it comes to using uh, radiation in, in cancer treatment. Um, <laughs> There's uh, another another example that uh, I really love is you can use uh, proton therapy, uh, where basically you take a stream of protons and you're directing it uh, at a, a person's uh, tumor, 
And what's really cool about proton ther- therapy is we can we can make it to where the energy of those th- those photons um, is deposited almost exclusively in the tumor, and you're not damaging. Well, you, you're damaging maybe a little bit, but not much at all. You're you're mo- mostly damaging the the tumor itself and killing those tumor cells. Um, so that's that's a big area where uh, radiation is used um, to save people's lives, um, and then also in diagnosis, and that's a big thing for saving uh, people's lives as well. Yeah, it's it's amazing and, and ironic. I mean, people think of it as a destructive force, but it really is being used uh, for healing more than anything. I, mm-hmm. Now, I've heard of a term, um, the hormesis effect. You are you familiar mm-hmm. with that term? Oh yes, I am. <laughs> um, very controversial, as you probably already know. Um, and so I kind of alluded to it a little bit before when it comes to uh, when we started doing more research into those lower doses of radiation and and kind of the things that happen uh, when you get to those lower doses um, to to cells. Um, and there are, there is absolutely evidence for hermetic effects at low doses. Um, when it comes to doing things in a lab, basically with cells and with, uh, mice or rats, I can't remember. Um, and, and, but there's also some things that leave a little, or some questions. So, uh, it's hard to say that there would be a consensus on that, but there's definitely something there. Um, I would not uh, hang my hat on it yet, uh, just because I'm I'm still looking for more evidence on it. Okay. But we definitely know something at those lower levels. Uh, it's it's much. Uh, there's there's other things happening. It um, seems to, to be the stimulating point where, some healing in the body. Yes. Uh, so I'll, I'll I'll get into it. Um, basically. Uh, they know that um, you you basically can kind of prime your cells uh, to prepare it for a, a large dose of radiation by giving it a, a, a large dose of radiation kind of thing. <laughs> um, yeah, it's <laughs> kind of okay. interesting, actually, um, which possibly like maybe if we, we do a little more research into it could be something people who go to space right that you know they're about to get a fairly large dose of radiation if you can uh basically uh prime their cells to be ready to get that dose um by using radiation <laughs> uh that could be uh be beneficial for uh people uh astronauts yeah the, the body seems to adapt to different levels of background radiation because obviously they're and this is something probably evolutionary because there's all sorts of different levels on Earth, depending mm-hmm. on where you mm-hmm. live, and and people can live in very high radiation areas with no, with no bad effects if they if they've been there for a while. Yep, one one big one that comes to mind is uh, Ramsar, I- Iran, uh, that has a a large um, uh, background radiation um, that you get uh, from the Earth there, and. I know it's it's a fairly small cohort or small group of people, so it's it's hard to make a, a lot of conclusions about it. Uh, but um, I know that there's definitely not negative effects from it. Um, but I have heard from from there and some other places where it's like, oh, maybe seems like maybe there's some benefit there. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's such small sample sizes; it's 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 hard to. Uh, Again, like I said, like hang my hat on that, but um, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So shifting gears a little bit and going more towards the nuclear uh, power question. Over the years, how many people would you say have been killed from radiation sickness due to nuclear accidents? So due to radiation sickness from nuclear accidents? Yeah, like acute. Um, yep. And, and, so, and also from, from cancer as well. Yep. Perfect. Okay. So the only one when it comes to uh, like 
nuclear power plants uh, that resulted in people dying from radiation is Chernobyl. Um, I know that that actually uh, some people think Fukushima there, there there was one, but that that honestly that was just a legal thing that uh, if you know a lot about radiation, you know like no that guy it was very very unlikely that that guy died from uh, radiation. But uh, Chernobyl basically that's your that's your one that you look at for people who have actually died um, from radiation um, due to nuclear power plants um, nuclear power plant accidents. And the it was 28 people. I hope I'm not wrong here. I get people that <laughs> uh, 28 people died from radiation sickness. Uh, there's two, two or three people that died in the blast. Don't quote me on that exactly, but uh, I know one person died right away. Uh, but anyways, so about 28 people from from ra- acute radiation sickness. And when it comes to your cancer from afterwards um they have followed this this cohort this large group of people for the past how many years has it been 30 40 a lot of years <laughs> and uh they 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 noticed an increase in your thyroid cancer um from people who were uh mostly children at the time of the incident and uh there, the increase uh, resulted in uh, the, the the median result that they got from that was about fifteen people um, that uh, died from uh, cancer due or caused by uh, the Chernobyl incident, and and then you can do a plus or minus um, an amount. It could be down to I think. The number I saw was seven, and then up to, uh, I can't remember the exact number, but it was less than 100, much significantly less than 100. Uh, but the, the median number was 15. Um, so you'll hear a lot of people will say 15, but really it's, a, it's kind of a, a range. Um, so basically, so far with the evidence that we have, um, that we've been able to observe from epidemiological studies uh due to chernobyl is less than 100 so far so around 100 how how certain are we that this isn't some great big russian cover-up a lot of people will say oh no it's been much worse and this is just uh you know soviet propaganda Mm -hmm. that's that's i get i get a little I, i shouldn't get peeved but i do get a little bit a little peeved when i hear that uh, it's a little bit of a misunderstanding. Um, it, it is not Russia that did all of this, that came up with these numbers. This is uh, the United Nations Scientific Committee uh, on the Effects of Atomic Radiation. It's a large group of different organizations, um, and it is an international uh, effort to basically follow these people and do the epidemiological studies. Uh, certainly, Russia is involved uh, in helping out here in Ukraine, Belarus. Um, but uh, this is an international effort. It would have to be a extreme uh, cover-up like, uh, like people who would say that uh, climate change isn't real. Um, like that would be a huge cover-up, right? So there, there's there's too many people involved here uh, for this to be a, a cover up, really. Um, it, it's not just the Russian government said this is how many people died. That's that's not how it is. Okay, so these people had access to the site and and were able to make measurements. And yes, and you're telling me that there's no way that this could have been faked. Basically, and this the data that they have is is good data. You can believe in it. Yes, I, I, I would. It would be uh, quite unlikely. It, the 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 organizations who do this are the organizations we go to. Uh, all health physicists pretty much go to when when they're trying to look up health effects. Um, it, the United Nations Scientific Committee on the Effects of Atomic Radiation (UNSCIR) is 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 uh, the acronym that we use for that. But basically, they're they're like the uh, 
place we go to for consensus uh, on health effects of radiation. Um, it, it would be extremely unlikely that uh, there's a cover-up there. So, so what you're telling me is that over the history of nuclear power, on the order of 100 people or less have died from nuclear radiation accidents. Yes. Yes, and I, it's unbelievable. Or I, I think a lot of people are flabbergasted when they hear that. They're really? What? <laughs> it's definitely not the perception of a lot of people, I think. I think mm-hmm. the, the perception of, of risk and damage is much different. Um, I mean, putting this into perspective, that, that's it's nothing, right? I mean, that's... Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's negligible. Um, yeah, exactly, <laughs> yes. Yeah, I mean, you think about it, I mean, how big was the town of Chernobyl? It was like, what, 16,000 people or something like that when it was evacuated? That, that does sound about right. So, so you know, yeah. less than 100 deaths, 16,000 people evacuated. I mean, it, it doesn't even compare to, you know, the sort of evacuations that were done for hydroelectric dams, for example, which we, which most people mm-hmm. don't blink an eye out. You know, the, the Three Gorges Dam in China had 1.2 million people were displaced. And, you know, 100 yep. people died building the dam. And it only makes five times more power than Chernobyl. Yep. Uh, 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 yes. Uh, uh, and uh, what's, what's the name of the, the Chinese dam where it, when it broke? Yeah, it was uh, one to 200,000 people died. Like, boom, gone. Like, nobody, nobody talks about that. No one makes a, a series, a mini series on that. Um, because it's yeah. not, people don't see it as like super scary. It's just water, you know, making, making energy, but. And this is the heart um, of the problem for, for, for people that are, they're pro nuclear. I mean, society's building new gas plants every day with the knowledge that the air pollution they generate will kill 300 times more people per kilowatt hour mm-hmm. than nuclear. Mm-hmm. And we don't require gas plants to encapsulate their waste and bury it underground. We don't require them to have insurance in case of a uh, a gas spill like Bhopal, for example, which killed how many thousand people? Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Set aside money for decommissioning or cleanup of, of these uh, coal-burning plants. I mean, nuclear seems to be the boy scout of energy. So the real question in my mind is, why is the safest large-scale energy source regarded as the most dangerous by the public? That is a question that we've been trying to answer. Uh, I think there's, there's 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 a lot of a lot of theories out there, but I mean, it's it, it's easy to make it sound scary. You're really like you're talking about for one thing this this thing that for uh, thousands and thousands of years we've we didn't even know was there. Uh, you can't see, touch, taste uh, radiation. Um, and so it's, it's really easy to be scared of something like that, uh, that we don't have any natural, uh, way to, uh, to recognize it. I mean, there's a reason why we don't have a natural, uh, way of recognizing it because it's not a threat, um, in, in normal circumstances. Um, mm-hmm. but it, it's, it's really easy to, to, to make it sound, uh, scary, especially when you start, uh, talking about, uh, nuclear weapons um that's that's probably a big contributor uh to it because they're just like you're able to uh take such little amounts of material and turn it into such a big destructive force um it that right there is probably a, a major contributor to uh the reason why uh, people are so scared of radiation i would say and people are afraid of the risk of, of countries gaining nuclear weapons if they have nuclear power plants. Is that, is that a reasonable risk? Something, things that people should be afraid of? No. Um, so they've done, they've done studies on this and uh, the, it actually results in the opposite of proliferation that makes any sense um when you're using it for 
peaceful purposes um, in the studies that they've they've found when it comes to the, the correlation. And uh, light water uh, reactors, which is your big main reactors that are out there, like 99% of them out there are your light water reactors, um, they don't produce uh, weapons usable material. Um, or at least it's not, uh, it makes no sense to try to use those plants to make material. Because that's, that, that's a lot of people's concerns, right? Is that you're going to use these nuclear power plants and you're going to make some, some weapons material and then you're going to make a weapon. That is just, it's such a not feasible way to do things. Uh, it makes way more sense to try doing it in the enrichment uh, phase uh, by just continuing to enrich um, or making a very specialized reactor that's specifically made to uh, to produce uh, plutonium for weapons. And those type of reactors are not your light water reactors, and they're not uh, ideal at all to uh, to make electricity with. <laughs> um, the ones to make electricity, they ideally they use up all this material. Uh, that's the 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 fizzle material, right? Rather than producing more fizzle material, um, a lot of people are concerned about the fact. Um, I know I'm, I'm, I might be going a little fast here. Let me know if I'm going <laughs> uh, all over the place. But that's people good. are concerned about the fact that that uh, nuclear power plants produce plutonium, um, and that is true. Uh, they do pl- produce plutonium, and when you're talking about plants that are specifically designed for plutonium production for weapons, um, they put the, the fuel in and they take the fuel out pretty quickly um, because you only want it to get a quick irradiation and you take it out because you don't want to produce uh, a... There's, there's several flavors of plutonium, I should, I should mention. Uh, plutonium-239 is your weapons-grade plutonium. Uh, and then plutonium-240. You can stop me if I'm getting too technical. Uh, but plutonium-240 uh, is a contaminant that you don't want for weapons material. And uh, if you keep your fuel uh, in the power plant for a really long time, uh, like you would for a, power, for, a, for a power plant rather than a, a weapons plant, uh, you start building up plutonium-240. Um, and you get to the point where you have so much plutonium-240 in it, uh, it makes it to where it's not its not uh, technically impossible to try turning that into weapons, but it's really not uh, feasible uh, unless you have a, you're like a major, major superpower and you have a lot of technology and you just wouldn't do it because you already have a lot of technology, you just go the, the easy route, right? Mm. <laughs> um, uh, just go build a bunch of enri- enrichment facilities or something. Um, so it's really not, it makes no sense, really, to try using nuclear power uh, to get weapons. Um, okay. I hope that that your, your listens, listeners will follow what I was kind of trying to, to say there. Uh, if you want weapons... The, the cat's already out of the bag, and you you would go the, the route you would go is down the go mine go mine uranium, do your enrichment, and just keep enriching it until it's really it's weapons grade. But going the power route, it's not going to uh, lead you to weapons. And uh, which reminds me, in those studies, uh, when typically people don't go nuclear power, and then they have weapons. They usually go, or the ones that, that do have weapons, they usually go weapons first. And then they're like, hey, we have this technology, or we have this, this ability, let's go ahead and let's uh, make power. Um, so, so, it's not so weapons usually, are an entry drug to power, not the other way around. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yep. So, okay, so we've, we've talked about um, proliferation risk. We've talked about... Um, Chernobyl, which is the biggest one. Um, we haven't, we might as well hit Fukushima as well, since that's on everyone's mind. As soon might as you as well. mentioned nuclear power, everyone's going to say, but what about Fukushima? 
They're, they're, they're still leaking radiation. They're going to release all this radioactive water into the ocean and, and we're all going to be glowing. There's so much to unpack there. Just like there was so much, there's so much to unpack about Chernobyl. Uh, Fukushima actually was my, uh, my capstone course in, in my um, undergrad. Um, basically, the entire course was about Fukushima. I wrote 30 or 40 pages on Fukushima and that it still barely scratched the surface on what it, when it comes to, to Fukushima and things we've learned and uh, what we know. And uh, I guess some of the main things when it comes to Fukushima is like talking about uh, the harm when it comes to radiation uh, to the population and to the environment. And I, I already alluded to it. Nobody died from uh, radiation itself. Um, the And then to the environment, uh, looking at the UNSCEAR reports again, the United Nations reports, uh, they find it very unlikely that we will ever find any indications of uh, increased cancer risks or, or sorry, we're talking about the environment, uh, any uh, noticeable effects to the environment, basically, um, to the oceans or to the surrounding uh, area uh, around the facility. Uh, so health risks we know from radiation, there were none. Um, and that was a triple meltdown of uh, how many thousand megawatts? It was a lot of a lot of thermal power there that melted down, and we still had no uh, we still have no health effects from radiation. And that that should be like a huge wake up call to people. Like, wait, like, wow, it's no health effects really like a triple meltdown didn't kill anybody or harm anybody or we could you could do epidemiological studies on these people and you would never see an increase in cancer in them because it's it's just negligible um that right there i think i I don't i guess i don't really hang out with people too much that don't know that but um i don't think a lot of people know that 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 there, there were no health effects from that um, there were like several then, people that were killed during the evacuation or died because of the evacuation. That's what I wanted to get to next. And that's a big thing actually for me in my field when it comes to emergency preparedness for nuclear power plants, that it, it makes me, it makes me a little upset because, uh, it, again, it's that fear factor around radiation. Um, and the the fact that they were so scared of it, you had hospitals basically um, unplugging people um, and trying to transport people and people dying because of that. You, you don't just all of a sudden uproot a bunch of people from a hospital, right? Uh, so a lot of people died because of that and, and people in nursing homes. Um, it's, it, it can be very harmful if you do a hurried uh, evacuation because you're scared. Um, and that's really... I'm glad we're getting to this because I wanted to get this or to this people, uh, the fear from radiation has killed significantly more people than radiation itself. Um, and I, I, I told you kind of at the beginning, I don't know if we were recording yet, but, uh, the, it, it's kind of our fault when it comes to the nuclear industry and, us in the radiation field, uh, we, we've we've not done a good job at communicating this, um, and I, I actually want to be part of that uh, or solving that issue is 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 figuring out how to communicate uh, radiation risks and nuclear risks uh, to the public um, because uh, not only in nuclear power but even in the medical field, fear of radiation is harmful. Um, mm-hmm. like if you say, I don't want that CT scan, um, after I just had a big fall and then you, you come to, you, you turn out dying because, uh, they didn't see that internal bleeding or whatever, uh, that they could have, if they would have done a, a CT scan, um, or you have a, uh, a doctor who decided because us in the radiation field have, have encouraged them to 
reduced their doses have decided not to do a CT scan when they probably should have done a CT scan. Um, it, the, the, the fear is very harmful. Um, so that's a big takeaway that I got from Fukushima. I know I'm kind of I'm, I'm taking it away from Fukushima, bringing it right back here. But that's that's a big takeaway we got. Uh, I mean, I've talked to lots of people, federal regulators, uh, other people uh, throughout uh, my field, and that's a big thing we learned about it was that oh, a a nuclear power accident. Uh, it's, it's it was just the, the release was not really that major when it comes to health consequences um so i think there was another one i wanted to talk about but i I can't remember maybe if you have some questions for me on on that that i haven't answered yet on fukushima yeah i mean why did they why did they evacuate what was it a rational decision at the time were they uncertain about um the plant doing exploding or you know what 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 should they have done so i've actually done a lot of the uh i do plume modeling as part of my job where i can model uh radioactive plumes uh coming out of plants basically uh, nuclear power plants and uh in my own models i've been able to do uh evacuation uh, could have definitely been warranted. I, I would say it was warranted from the, the models that I've done and models models that I've seen out there. Uh, when it comes to that immediate, like, hey, let's go ahead and, and uh, move people in a calm, collective way, you don't move uh, uh, your uh, populations that are, um, what's the word, uh, vulnerable. You don't move your vulnerable uh, populations. Uh, at least you don't move them in a very hurried way. You should, uh, but that happened. Um, it should not have. Uh, it's actually something, I mean, we train for here in the United States. Uh, but uh, a short-term evacuation was definitely, um, I would say, was called for. Uh, and it could have been done in a lot safer way um, than what was done. When it comes to your long-term evacuations, um, I guess I should I should mention to your viewers I my my, my opinions do not represent <laughs> uh, my employers, uh, but for the long-term radi- uh, relocation, uh, I would say was not warranted, and and that actually is supported by evidence and science um, that people's uh, being relocated permanently for their homes from their homes for uh, several years. Uh, we're, we're going on ten years now. Um, they're 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 about to start. They're they're starting to move people back uh, significantly. But uh, that has turned out to be much more harmful um, than the radiation itself. Um, when you move people from their homes, that that shortens lifespans. Um, so they should have they should have kept people. Uh, or brought people back a lot quicker, in in my opinion, uh, to their homes. Indeed, the, I mean the the measured levels from what I know, from what I've read are below background in in other places. Um, in a lot of places, uh, they have this 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 difficult to return zone uh, is what they call it. That uh, they are it is higher. Um, the doses that I've seen that you would get living in that area are um, several times background. Um, Trying to remember the exact numbers. In one year, you would get, let me think, maybe over five times background. Um, But when it comes to health risks, uh, you you, you would not be able to measure it. like like I've mentioned before, those lower doses, um, even with the population living there, you would not see the health risks um, from it. You could move people back there today, and um, so that's you, not really you, you a rational be, decision. <laughs> I I would say it's not. Um, 
I just said, if you move people back there today, well, you can't move people back there today. There's not any homes for them to move to. It's been overrun by uh, nature at the moment. So nature's nature doesn't care. They're, it's there. There's, they're like, well, it's not harmful to us. We're, we're enjoying our time here. Like there's been some articles out there on that nature's it's moved in. (laughs) It's not not (laughs) just like a radiation. Not at all. So I guess the one uh, big thing that we haven't talked about yet is, is the nuclear waste. Everyone says that, you know, it's, it's amoral to do nuclear power because it creates this waste. And this is a, a long-term problem for generations, for hundreds of thousands of years, people will be killed by nuclear waste. Tell me, is that a myth? Is that the truth? So the one big thing that I like to mention uh, when it comes to the, the, this, the so-called waste, it's, it's, in my opinion, it's not waste. It's uh, used nuclear fuel, slightly used nuclear fuel, uh, is... Uh, the nuclear industry, the nuclear power industry, is required to capture all of its waste, and it's the only industry that that does that. Uh, every, every other industry, there there are waste that lasts for uh, forever, <laughs> it, or or at least a long time when it comes to like CO two and whatnot. It's just put out in the atmosphere. It's 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 uh, coal. It's just you know particulate. Uh, pollution they just let it all out there and that stuff lasts for a really really long time a lot of it forever uh, and other ones for thousands and thousands of years and but you hear people they're like oh but nuclear waste lasts for so long like but other industries it lasts forever like uh people don't think about that nuclear waste gets better over time you know it gets less hazard over time but I, people uh don't seem to think about that but if if other industries were all required to uh, take into account for all of their waste that they generated, we wouldn't have climate change. It wouldn't be a thing. And that right there, I, I, I think is just a major thing that we that us in the in the nuclear industry need to uh, really uh, tell people is like we wouldn't have climate change if 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 other industries were as responsible as us. Um, one one thing I look at is that you know because nuclear is required to to pay for its waste storage and its decommissioning, it's really the only moral source of energy out there because no other power source is required to take care of its waste. No other power source pays for it up front, and people complain that yep. nuclear is a little bit more expensive than than coal or gas. But yeah. Coal and gas are really much more expensive if you take account of the impacts of their waste. Yeah. Yeah, like, exactly. So like nuclear, it's like, it, it, yeah, it, it's really a more, like you said, a moral uh, a power source where it's like, it's like the perfect package right there. Like you've already up front made it pay for everything. It's decommissioning, it's waste storage. Like, like, <laughs> uh you set those things right up front, right from the very beginning, uh, 60 years ago, you know? So, um, but I don't think people see that. They don't, they don't make that connection. Um, I've seen people usually when you mention that they'll, they'll sidestep and go to some other argument really. Um, but a a lot of people, they just want to dislike it. it. It doesn't matter if you try, if you are able to tear down their argument, but, so, so this this leads us to the the interesting part of it. What have we done wrong in communicating the risks? Obviously, repeating the evidence isn't working. I mean, the evidence is out there, and people can find it if they want to, and people are smart enough to do that. What, yep. what have we done wrong, and what can we do better? Well, I think a big thing is that we, uh, even in the nuclear industry, we do treat it as something special. Um, I mean, the nuclear industry has a lot of their jobs because, because of the fact that we, uh, treat it as something special, um, and that we, we put dosimetry on people unnecessarily, even though they're not going to, they get maybe 10, 10 millirem a year, which you get 300 millirem just from natural sources. Like the fact that we are so 
careful about everything. Uh, I mean, it's, it sounds really cool. Like, oh, yeah, we're like, we're so careful about everything. But it, it really is a double-edged sword where it makes it seem like something scarier. Yes. Um, like an, another example is just the security around a nuclear power plant. Um, it is the most secure or nuclear power plants in the United States. They're the most secure locations um, anywhere in the world, really. Um, I think it, you might have an easier time getting on the White House lawn than getting into a nuclear power plant. Hmm. Um, there, they have so many like this. I mean, this is another thing that adds to the cost because we put so many security people there and we make it a fortress. And they they have like M16s and they got snipers. It is it is unbelievably high security, and that right there, like again cool like they they really care but now you've made it seem even scarier because you you've given the impression that it's necessary um yes. and everything we do when it comes to trying to make it safer actually it's that double-edged sword of like oh like it's dangerous it go like with these new generation of, of nuclear power plants like I'm, i geek out on them i love them but we keep talking about trying to make them safer. And I, I hate that word. We're basically trying to paint this. It, it paints this picture even more for uh, the, the public that, oh, our current ones are dangerous. No, they weren't. They weren't they're not at all. Um, so in trying to improve it when it comes to safety and, and security and all these things, we've really done harm. Um, to the nuclear industry and doing that. And it's the nuclear industry that's doing it. <laughs> um, I, I would say they are probably more responsible for a lot of this cost and everything than the anti-nuclear um, uh, people, really. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Well, so, so they and- should stop talking about safety <laughs> and start talking about the benefits. Yeah. Yeah, start talking about all the benefits. Like, definitely start talking about the benefits um, a lot more than you're than trying to explain your safety. Like, I, I just watched uh, a presentation about uh, Chicago. They're they're going to get a micro reactor. Their uh, uh, university. They're they're trying to get a micro reactor in to supply like thirteen percent of their power with one small micro reactor, and. Uh, like a huge portion of their their talk was about safety and how oh this is different it's way safer it's, you are doing so much harm uh, <laughs> yeah, in, I mean, in, in in talking like that if if other radiation risks were treated the same way as nuclear power you would have you know everyone who gets on a plane would have to wear a lead vest right? <laughs> I go to the dentist and get <laughs> yeah, these little dental X rays and they put lead and everyone gets led on and they're they're like yeah like, done <laughs> yeah everyone wears a tld yeah yeah but yeah i mean people get on airplanes oh, yeah. and they have this dose that probably exceeds anything you get at a nuclear power plant no one's wearing yeah. dosimeters on yeah. planes except you <laughs> <laughs> well hopefully i didn't bring my my permanent record dosimeter with me because then then i would be recording something that uh, a dose that didn't come from my normal job yeah (laughs) Uh, yeah and so a a part of me uh a little bit of a sidestep here uh but a part of me wants all of the other energy industries to kind of come to our same level and then another part of me no, because when you do that, you start making everything so much more expensive. You start making energy more expensive, and you don't want to make energy more expensive because that can uh, do a lot of harm to people. Disproportionately harms uh, people who don't have the means to pay for it. Um, so that leads you to okay. So then we just need to make our power cheaper. Um, and not continue to ratchet up our our regulations. But sorry, a little side thing there. <laughs> no, no, that's good. That's it's definitely a, 
an important perspective. I think um, we need to figure out some way to, and relatively quickly as well, to make this palatable to the public. Yep. There's there's yep. a lot of the wrong. We've we've been sending the wrong messages. I mean, people aren't worried about you know nuclear isotopes in in hospitals. People mm-hmm. just aren't worried about them because you know it's for health. But it's mm-hmm. the same stuff. Yep. And the nuclear power plants, those are for health. They really are. Getting that clean air and getting that energy. Like, it, it should be viewed it's as that. It message. is for, for, for the health. Yep. For the health of, of the people surrounding and for the health of the planet, really. Um, it's, it's the same stuff. Indeed, indeed. Didn't think about that until just now. <laughs> That's a good message. Nuclear power plants are for our health. The only moral energy. I like that. Yeah. Good message. Well, I think we're getting close to the end of our time slot here. Is there anything else that you, you'd like to tell our listeners before we, we sign out? I guess if, if uh, listeners want to continue to follow me, um, they, could, they can... Um, I, I'm actually starting a new... Uh, YouTube channel. I've, I already started it. Um, I don't know if you've seen it yet, um, but uh, it's called the Rad Guy. So, so now that I've I've mentioned it on a podcast, I, I, I'm going to have a lot more obligation to <laughs> to really get that up and going. Um, but uh, I I really want to uh, get started on my my communication, um, honing my communication skills, and and getting all this information like we talked in here um, out to the public. Okay, well, that's good. I'll I'll definitely uh, keep an eye out for for more rad guy stuff. <laughs> yeah, I need to. Uh, it, unfortunately, it's not a completely unique unique name on on YouTube. But well, thank you, DJ Leclerc, for providing your insights on this controversial topic. I think it's extremely important in these challenging times that society take a rational view of its energy sources. Thank you. Thank you. If you'd like to follow up with more in-depth discussions, please come find us on Facebook at The Rational View and join our discussion group. If you like what you're hearing, please consider visiting my Patreon page at patreon.podbean.com slash The Rational View. Thanks for listening.